0: Ah, there's no stopping us, baby. You and I together, we can radically change lives. That's right. That's what this program's all about. There is no stopping you. Create the mindset, get the tools, put it into action. Bingo. In a short period of time, you can be living the life that you desire because that's what we want to help you do on this program. Of course, you're tuned in to America's Positive Radio talk show, David Essel Alive. David Essel in the box with you, 6 to 9 every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Proud to be part of the premier radio network, XM. Satellite Radio 168, and we stream worldwide at talkdavid.com. Pure positive talk. That's all we do. That's all we've done for 22 years. That's all we're going to do for the next 22. Just in a moment, we're going to be talking about emotional overeating. In just a minute, Julie Simon's back with us, the author of the book, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual. Talking, I mean, some incredible success stories. Incredible. We'll have to find out from Julie what percentage of people that are overweight are emotional eaters. My guess is about ninety nine point ninety nine percent. Not quite sure. Julie will tell us though when we get her on on the line here. And um, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating why we emotionally eat, what foods that emotional eater overeaters choose, and the negative ramifications along with weight that happen. I'm excited to have Julie back. A, a question came in just a little while ago. We had Dr. Eben Alexander on, author of the book Proof of Heaven. A neurosurgeon's journey into the afterlife. And he was talking about that we can experience God, the divine, and we don't have to have a near death experience to do it. We don't have to go to the other side and back. We can do it through deep centering prayer and meditation. Um, we got a question. I had mentioned TM is the form of meditation I've done for 25 years or more. And someone asked me, what was it? Transcendental meditation was actually created by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. If you want more information, you can go to TM.org. It's not a cult. I'm going to tell you that right off the top. Some people go, oh my God, is that a cult? No, it's not a cult. Go to TM.org. Our own government, our own uh, National Institutes of Health has put millions of dollars studying the power of TM, the power of Transcendental Meditation. So no, it's not a cult. They wouldn't put money into something like that, but it is outrageously powerful takes 20 minutes, two times a day, very short amount of time to go into that divine consciousness to transcend where we are right now, and I will tell you, it is drug-like. It's unbelievable. It is one of the most powerful things you could do for yourself in regards to decreasing stress, enhancing your attitude. Lowering blood pressure, which is where our government put a lot of money studying. TM compared it to blood pressure-lowering medications. And guess what? TM equaled or bettered the blood pressure-lowering medications. Um, addiction, recidivism rate, return to prison rate. I mean, it, it the list goes on and on. Uh, uh, increasing bone density in women post-menopause. I mean, it's just the studies go on and on and on. Check it out. Of course, there's... All kinds of meditation programs. You don't have to do the one that I'm recommending. But this is the one, when I was introduced to it, was the one that stuck, that hooked me, that said, oh, my Lord. You mean this is possible every day? I can go to the state every day, and I have. And it's amazing. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. The author, Julie Simon, is back with us. The name of the book, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual, a practical mind-body-spirit guide for putting an end to overeating and dieting. Julie, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God, what an incredible show you're having today.
0: Yes, yes, honey. Oh, it's been rocking. It has been just so rocking. Have have you heard of of my previous guest, uh, Dr. Eben Alexander, Proof of Heaven?
1: And I like, so I I think what he's written about is just so incredible and just, you know, gives this opportunity for people, you know, who haven't had a near-death experience to, you know, have some idea of what's coming later, right?
0: Yes, I know. I know. And, you know, he was talking about, there, like, no fear of death. I asked him about a fear of death. He goes, oh, my Lord, no. When, when you have that experience, there's no such thing as fear. There's, there's an excitement about it because we know that there's something more left after this plane, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think he even probably has less fear even than us meditators, you know, because it's almost like he got to get this direct proof, right?
0: Right. And right. you know, we go
1: to that place, but then I know myself as a long-term meditator. There are still points in time where I doubt it or question it, you know, and I'm jealous that he got <laughs> a little peek into that.
0: Yes. Yeah, well, I can, I would not tell anyone that I'm not. I I think I have a little fear of death. I mean, I have, I have a lot of work to do before it'll be eradicated. I know that.
1: Right. Well, you have lots of time, hopefully.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to do that work. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I sort of pitched this a little bit earlier, Julie, my, and, I, and I gave an answer. My guess, you're the expert. What percentage of people who struggle with weight are emotional eaters?
1: I think, you know, of those who come in my practice, 100%, I think out in the world, probably, you know, 90 to 98%, you know, of mm-hmm. the population who are overeating are emotional eaters. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and describe it, define it for our, our audience. If someone's sitting there listening going, I don't know if that's me, give us a definition of emotional eating and emotional overeating.
1: Well, an emotional eater basically is turning to food for soothing, comfort, calming, stress reduction, um, using food to dull or tranquilize emotions that are difficult to cope with, um, trying to silence self-defeating thoughts. Eating to distract from unpleasant feeling states like boredom or apathy or overwhelm, eating to procrastinate, eating to reward yourself, eating to fill up an inner emptiness—that would all qualify you, know. you as an emotional eater. And
0: emotional do you know Julie you...
1: usually eat when they're when they're not hungry, you know, or if they are hungry, they they eat beyond fullness
0: often. Mm. When when I um when I chose a path of sobriety. I went from alcohol to sugar. I became a sugar addict mm-hmm. to, to numb the emotions that I was numbing with alcohol. And I, you know what? I could do the same thing with sugar, Julie.
1: Right. And, you know, the, what I talk about in my book is that whenever we're using anything, you know, the book is about overeating. But whenever we're using anything, I almost always see three components to the use of food or sugar or alcohol you know there's something going on in your body that's imbalanced, in your brain that's imbalanced. There's something going on with you emotionally that's imbalanced, and there's something going on with you spiritually that's imbalanced. And everyone who comes to me has some something going on in all three of those arenas most of the time.
0: When when you look at your life, do you see a pattern of emotional eating? emotional overeating that led you to do this work
1: yes i mean i was definitely an emotional eater and i used food to soothe and comfort myself quiet self-defeating thoughts it was my best friend Um, i had lots of um, brain and body imbalances that also contributed to my using food Um, and so it was so confusing the whole journey was so confusing i had food allergies i had hormonal imbalances i had brain chemistry imbalances I had come from a fairly dysfunctional childhood, so, you know, I, I had issues, right? And <laughs> right. And all of this led me to turn to food because it was so convenient. It, you know, hijacked my brain chemicals so fast. Um, it was soothing, comforting, just a wonderful fix, except that it put weight on me um, and made me feel ashamed and bad about my body and... You know, so I knew I, I knew I wanted to go for recovery, and I always, I say this all the time, I always knew that our bodies are so incredibly wise, and it's not natural to to adopt any approach where you're counting calories all the time and weighing and measuring food or weighing and measuring your body. It has to be intuitive, and so mm-hmm. we have to get back to balance. We have to get back to mind-body-spirit balance so that we can pay attention to our signals and let them guide us as to when to eat, what to eat, when to stop eating.
0: For, for every listener right now that you might have like an Oreo in your hand, (laughs) or you might have (laughs) potato chips or a French fry, or you might have, um, a candy bar or some ice cream. Listen, food is a drug. It is a drug. It goes to the brain so freaking fast that before we know it, we're having the next, the next, the next, the next, all to try to submerge some of these emotions Julie talking about when we come back from this quick break Julie Simon of course is going to be back with us the author of the Emotional Eaters Repair Manual her website overeatingrecovery.com I'm David Essel talkdavid.com for more information back in a second stay right there David Essel alive. America's Positive Radio talk show. Welcome aboard as we explore life, love, health, happiness, and more. Julie Simon is my guest right now, psychotherapist, life coach, author of the book The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual. Her website, overeatingrecovery.com, overeatingrecovery.com. Julie, I wanted to jump into a couple of your clients, um, and and I'd like to sort of set it up and then tell us what you did. The first one, um, Kara, sugar addict, 30 pounds overweight, severe PMS, low moods. What did you do to pull her out of that?
1: Well, you know, with Kara, when she came to me, it was so clear that she had so many body and brain imbalances going on that my concern was that it was going to be hard for her to work on her emotional issues because she was so um, kind of beat up, you know, by all these body and brain imbalances. She, she would um, overeat and binge three weeks of the month because her hormonal, um, mm. she had such hormonal imbalance. Um, she had low moods and anxiety and depression. So the first thing that I wanted to have her do was address those hormonal and brain chemistry imbalances. I sent her to an alternative um, healthcare care practitioner. We got her on some progesterone cream to address her PMS, mm-hmm. which was like a godsend for her. Mm-hmm. We addressed her um, brain chemistry imbalances with amino acids. She was serotonin deficient, fairly low in serotonin and fairly low in dopamine. Um, so there were some really easy, um, you know, non-medicine uh, approaches that we used. She didn't want to go and, on meds.
0: And Julie, when you talk about amino acids for dopamine and serotonin, what specific ones did you use with her?
1: Well, with her, we used um, L-phenylalanine and L-tyrosine, actually a mix of those two. And then we used mm-hmm. 5-hydroxy tryptophan, 5-HTP.
0: Okay. Right on. Good. So
1: those are really Those really helped dramatically. She actually was dating someone, um, and uh, it wasn't really working out very well, and he he said, oh, my God, like you're a different person. So Mm. it it was improving her relationship right away. Um, We also got her on essential fatty acids, so we had her do some two tablespoons of ground flax every day. Uh, That helped a lot. We um, got her walking. She hadn't been exercising because her energy was so low. So Mm -hmm. um, exercise will improve serotonin levels better than any supplement that you'll ever find. So getting her to exercise in the sunlight a little bit uh, really helped. And then the other physical thing that we did is I slowly got her to add some unprocessed whole foods to her eating plan, just little bits here and there because she... It was clear to me that she had a lot of food allergies. I know you were having J.J. Virgin on today, and um, I've been working with food allergies since
0: 1982.
1: um, Wow. And, you know, have been telling, singing, you know, all this, the same thing J.J. Virgin's talking about, you know, getting people off of gluten and dairy and... um, Right. ...soy and corn, and so we also got her... uh, I like to kind of crowd out those foods, so we, we start to add of the whole foods slowly, and we start to release some of the foods that aren't working. So that's what we did for her on the physical plane, and she was feeling so much better. She's 39 years old. She was 30 pounds overweight when she started with me. She immediately dropped weight, so of course that was very encouraging for her. And then we were able to start our emotional skill-building work. So we were able to begin, because the risk was that even though she was physically feeling better, she was still going to end up turning to those comfort foods when she had stressors in her life. Yes, yes. Um, You know, there were still a lot of triggers in her life. She also came from a very dysfunctional family. So, you know, we can put people on these wonderful eating plans and adjust their brain brain chemistry and do all of that, but if you still have emotional issues going on, difficulty connecting to yourself, um, difficulty soothing and calming yourself, uh, difficulty with self-defeating thoughts coming up all the time, that's where the emotional work starts to come in. So now that she was feeling better, she was much more motivated in a higher-functioning body to begin to do the emotional work.
0: Hmm. There, there is, there's a, um, a huge gap here, Julie, and you just triggered something with me. There's a huge gap with people making long-term changes when it comes to looking at the physical only, which is where we put all of our effort, people that want to lose weight, they look just at the physical and they're missing this thing that you're talking about, delving into the emotions, the, the lack of self-love, you know, something else. And I don't know what percentage it is with your clients. With mine, it seems to be quite high is a lot of people that struggle with weight have a lot of internal resentments against self and others. Do you find that to be true?
1: Totally. That's a huge piece for most emotional eaters. Um, no. And basically, what those resentments are about is that developmentally these these people, my clients, they got off track somewhere early in their life, and it, in a way it 's like their their train car is stuck and frozen in certain places, frozen with resentments, frozen with what I call pe- having people in jail cells in their mind, you know locked right. in jail cells and they 'll never let them out, um, lack of forgiveness for themselves and others. Mm-hmm. And so we have to begin to work on all of this because just because your body is functioning higher doesn't mean you're happy, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Means,
1: it means you can now work on your happiness.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Oh, so, we have I'm so, to, in-
1: so then we start, you know, with a higher-functioning body, then we start to look at, like you say, all these resentments, all these hurts, all this what I call old pain from the past that has never been worked mm-hmm. through. Um. Mm-hmm. And we also look at things like, you know, what do you want to be doing with your life? You know, does your, is your life full of purpose and passion and meaning and inspiration? Do you have nourishing connections in your life? Do you have areas, your ego, your your um, attachment to everything going your way, your attachment to quick payoffs? Do you have any of those kind of issues? Right. Perfectionism, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You have to start mm-hmm. to work
1: on all of that because, that will fuel the eating again. It's kind of a vicious cycle. That will fuel the eating again. The imbalanced eating will throw the body and brain chemistry off again. Right. And then we're just in this vicious cycle.
0: Yeah. It is so right on. I want to, Julie, I want to give your website out again ladies and gentlemen, overeatingrecovery.com. Take a moment. We always talk about don't procrastinate on this show. Whatever you do, you we allow you to multitask on this show. com is the website, the name of the book, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual. Julie, we have about a minute left. Leave us with some really powerful information that will make a difference in our listeners' lives as they attempt and then become successful in changing their life.
1: Well, I want them to know that there's so much hope. I'm a recovered emotional eater myself, and fully recovered. And so, don't let anyone ever tell you that you can't um, be done with this issue. And in my book, and on the website, I've got lots of blog articles. But in the book, we we go through these three areas: mind, the body, and the spirit. I give you all kinds of techniques on how to how to do this. I've got a 12-week teleseminar program coming up where you can have mm. me coach you live through this. There is hope. You can do it. Um, don't give up.
0: Right on. Can, can people get information on the teleseminar at overeatingrecovery.com? Yes. Okay. And when does that teleseminar start?
1: The teleseminar is going to start probably in late March. I'm in the okay. final stages of pulling it all together. I've been doing that, that program live for 20 plus years, but now I'm going to start doing it in teleseminar format so people from all over the country and the world can start, um, can have me help coach mm-hmm. them.
0: Right on. Julie Simon, the name of the book, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual, the website with the upcoming teleseminar, OvereatingRecovery.com. Julie, it's always great to have you back, and we will do it again, and we'll share more of your success stories.
1: I would love to be back on, David. I really enjoy uh, any time I spend with you. It's wonderful.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Julie, and have a beautiful night. You too, David. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255. Coming up in just a couple minutes, we're going to be taking your calls. This is a free coaching session on air. Call us about anything, your mind, your body, relationships, spirits, addiction recovery, 1-800-548-8255. I'll be going through your emails. We'll be talking about your emails online. But if you want a free coaching session now, do not hesitate. Call me, 1-800-548-8255. So great to have you with us. TalkDavid.com. I'm David Essel. Stay there. You're tuned in to David Essel Live, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Welcome. Call us 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. You have thought, you have a question, uh, maybe about God, about you, about your life purpose, about letting go of resentments. Actually, I have a, a resentment uh, question that just came in. I want to get to in a heartbeat. We have a question that just came in about long-distance dating. Like long distance, I'm talking about you have to fly to see your partner. Have you ever been in that kind of relationship? Did it work? Do you have tips? Do you have uh, cues, clues that you could help someone who's considering getting into that type of relationship? Would you ever do it again? Do you think it's insane? Do you think it's a waste of time, an illusion, and a fantasy? Even if it didn't work, was it worth it? We'll be talking about letting go of resentments. We'll be talking about long-distance dating and anything else that is on your mind. You can text us during the show at 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. You can call us right now. Do you have comments, long-distance dating? Do you have a question? Are you in a place in life where you're going, okay, I'm doing everything in the world possible, but I can't lose this weight. I can't make more money. I can't something. Should I stay in this marriage? Should I leave it? Should I stay in this relationship? Should I leave it? Why am I alone? Any of those kind of questions, we would love to answer for you. 1-800-548-8255. A special thanks goes to the crew, the team, behind David Essel Alive, making this happen, in the studio, running Studio E in Los Angeles, California, Nathan Staten, engineer, Will Wilkerson, segment producer, April O'Leary, the guest producer, uh, brand manager, Lisa Doyle, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you name it, Vivian Giuliano during the show doing all of that great work. David Essel alive can be heard around the world online, online streaming powered by Error FM live at ErrorFM.com. Thank you, gang, there as well. Uh, this is an intense one. I have deep resentments against my father who molested me as a teenager. I'm 45. I live with this anger every day. How do I let it go? I thought by now it would have dissipated. Uh, assuming that it could be 30 years ago, 25 years ago, you know, one of this is a very hard situation. My heart goes out to you. Absolutely. Uh, one thing we know is that time doesn't heal, as your evidence. Evidently, you're, you're experiencing that right now. Time doesn't heal, ladies and gentlemen, for any kind of resentment, anger we have, justified or not justified. In this case. Yes, she has extremely justified resentment and anger. Time will do nothing. Uh, number one, if you have not yet, get into abuse counseling. There are women shelters that you can contact and ask them about abuse counselors in your town, in your city, you can Google abuse counselors. Um, grief counselors can help in many cases like this. We worked with a client in the identical situation who was molested by her father from her early teens to her 20s. Twenty-some, um, 25 years, I think, had passed in between. It took us a year of working together, 12 months, and in that 12-month period of time, this person found more inner peace than they had experienced in their whole previous 40-plus years of being alive. Um, I would not, and I. And I. Every person we counsel in this situation, we don't even talk about forgiveness. We don't even go there. It's not important about trying to forgive in this point. We have to work through the challenges, and we have to do the work for us. Um, doing this work, sometimes people say, but that's going to let that person off the hook. The only person that's going to get left off the hook from these uh, horrendous acts is going to be you. You will be free. You will experience life at a level that you have never experienced it. And I'd highly recommend as soon as you can to start working with someone. Absolutely. If you haven't already. And if you did, maybe it wasn't the correct person or maybe it wasn't the correct time. But since you're writing and asking that question, the time is now. And you can always email us at talkdavid.com if those suggestions don't work and I can help you out uh, to find other avenues. one eight hundred five four eight eight two five five Here's a question. Uh, long distance dating. Have you ever been in, have you ever been in a long distance relationship where you had to fly or maybe drive six, eight, 10 hours? Did it work? Uh, if it did work, how did you keep it together? How long did you do the long-distance dating for? If it did not work, would you do it again? one 800 548 This is becoming such a common question at David talk Essel, TalkDavid.com. We get this all the time, and here it is. I met a guy online three weeks ago. He comes to visit the first time in two days, which I think is awesome that they're not wasting time. Okay, You cannot create illusion and fantasy with long-distance relationship as quick as you think there's a massive attraction you gotta meet. I don't care what you have to do. Uh, she goes on. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> Amen, sister. As reality hits, I'm afraid that flying back and forth to see each other will not work. Um, ideas? So now she's asking ideas. Um, hmm. Oh, then she goes on PS. Uh, it's, it's great we have online dating as this is the first guy in two years I feel a great connection with and good for you. So, Her reality is hitting already. She hasn't even met the guy and she's going, Oh my God, are we going to be able to do this? Have you done that before? Have you done? Would you recommend someone to get involved with long distance dating? 1-800-548-8255. one eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. Did it work for you? Did it not work for you? Would you do it? If you were sit you're listening to the show right now and you're online and all of a sudden you meet someone across the country or or eight hour or ten hour drive and you go, you know, I'm not gonna drive ten hours to see someone, I will fly there. Would you do it? Would you do you think if you met a great person, a great guy, great girl, would you be open right now? to going into a long-distance dating relationship? Or no? Or have you been there and you go, you know what, I tried that, it doesn't work, uh, it's too much effort, it's too much work. A text just came in. Uh, David, I am proud to send this to you as I met my husband two years ago. We were bi-coastal. I'm imagining they mean East Coast, West Coast. Yes, it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> and yes, it was worth it. Thank you very much. Another text came in. Um, I've done long-distance dating before, never by flight, always a drive. The longest was a five-hour drive. We did it for a year, taking turns every other weekend. The relationship didn't work, but I say yes to long-distance dating. Awesome, gang. Thank you very much. The text is uh, 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. Of course, you can email us at talkdavid.com or call us, 1-800-548-8255. you know, no one's mentioned this yet, but I want to say this regarding long-distance dating, is that if you're not in a financial position to do it, don't even think about it. Like, like don't even fantasize. Don't even go there. If you go, wow, that would really be great, but I can't really afford to be flying right now. And if you think that your partner would keep coming to you... Bingo, don't go there. Huge huge, huge red flag. If you're stressed over money, do not, I repeat this, get off of any kind of online dating site unless you're staying like within 50 miles or something like that. You know, like the the illusion. Here's my biggest concern about online dating and long distance dating is the illusion. Like this person who wrote in, they've been seeing each other for three weeks and they're meeting in two days. That's great. But never longer than that. And I know several clients I've worked with in the past have said, what do you mean? I don't even know this person, but they're spending three hours on the phone with them every day or on Skype, and and all of a sudden, three, four, five, six months go by, and they've just realized they've wasted three, five, or six months because they've never met the person in person. And that is the biggest illusion. Like... You've got to be face-to-face to to see if it's real. When you're out in public and they treat people with respect or they don't treat people with respect, when you spend a weekend with them, and I would not advise that the first weekend you spend together is in your home or their home. Get a hotel. But all of a sudden you find out, you know, this person was really fun on the phone and we had all kinds of laughter and hours. But when we're spending this amount of time together, it's kind of freaking me out. I don't think it's a connection. Find that out soon. Right? Like, find it out now. Oh my God, I need to write a book on this. We have worked in this arena, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it works, but it's scary at the same time. 1 800 548 8255. Email us, talkdavid.com. I am David Essel. After these messages, more of your emails. Stay right there. See
1: the,
0: I said. Live the, the earth and sky are my best is the evidence that washes from end to end. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show, David Essel Alive. Thank you so much, gang, for hanging out with us here today. Broadcasting live out of studio E in Los Angeles, California, every Saturday, six to nine Eastern, three to six Pacific, one-eight hundred-five four eight eight two five five. Several of your texts that came in, uh, this is one regarding long distance love. Careful of people who mislead about money and addictions. It's hard to see these things when dating weekends only. What a great point thank you thank you thank you thank you that is such a great point when you're seeing someone a couple days a week it's really hard to get the whole picture i love that be cautious uh the next one was a question um how long before meeting someone online in person here it is it's a really quick formula local no more than two weeks ever 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 within two weeks get in front of them to see the real deal um long distance no longer than four weeks no more than four weeks, regardless of the distance. I don't care if it's Europe to the U.S. It doesn't matter to me. Four weeks, baby, or you could be building up an illusion. You know, I remember uh, in the late 90s, long time ago, I dated a woman long distance from Oklahoma. Oh, my God. One of the greatest women I've ever met. Thank, Thank you, God, for that opportunity just because she was so cool. Just a wonderful, wonderful person. It was taxing. It was hard. She, a great, great person, but the distance and neither of us could move and the distance was, uh, just a little much. But so anyway, I hope that that answers all of your questions regarding online dating. Uh, on your show today, you mentioned you were in recovery. Did you go cold turkey? Did you use, uh, an AA type program? I'm on the fence, not sure where to go. Okay. First of all, let me tell you this about. And I know a lot about recovery, not just because of myself, but because I've worked in it for 20 years now. I have yet to ever, and I mean this with all of my heart, I'm not saying it can't happen, I just have yet to, make, to ever met anyone who recovered and is happy on their own. And I mean this. I've met a lot of people that got sober on their own, that quit drinking, quit smoking, quit doing drugs, quit, there their food addictions. Um, but they didn't have a daily program of recovery. They didn't have a support group. They didn't have a support person. And so they ended up not being really happy people. They may not be using, but they're not really happy. So um, I'm just going to say I don't think we can recover alone. I think we need to do it with uh, whether it's a church-based program, a 12-step program, uh, a one-on-one program with an addiction recovery person. I think they're especially in the beginning of the program to formulate a long-term program uh, you've got to do it within, uh, with help from other people. And listen to this. Even with the help of a recovery center or um, or a program, only 10% of people stay clean for a year from about any addiction. Alcohol, drugs, smoking, about 10% of people recover, meaning that they stay clear of any type of use for a year. 10%, that means 90% fall out. And what we know of in recovery is the reason there's such a huge fallout is because people are trying to do so much on their own, or they will try to do part of a program. They won't do the whole program. But the great news is is that I'm, I'm one of the billions that can tell you that recovery is phenomenal. Oh, my God, such a blessing. Uh, next, uh, uh, loving today's show. In your, oh, oh, this is a great one. In your opinion, is our diet more crucial in weight loss or exercise? Um, you can only say one, not both, with a smiley face. That's cute. Listen, if I'm gonna, in regards to weight loss, if you have to make a choice and say someone's gonna radically change their diet or radically change their exercise program, and if I can only choose one, I'm saying diet. Absolutely, I'm saying diet. Here's why. There are many, many people that exercise religiously that rarely see any change in their body, uh, in their in their overall self-esteem, self-love, uh, with their weight. They'll exercise, exercise, and they won't see changes in their body. And I know if you go to any gym around the country – now, they may they, they do see some benefits for them to keep going back, but a lot of people drop out because they're not seeing the changes. They're going, wait a minute. I'm in the gym three days a week, four days a week, and I've been doing it for six months or eight months, and I'm not seeing these changes, and they quit. However, if you do it the other way, if you go, you can only choose one, and you do a radical change, and you and you listen to some of the people on the show today, Julie Simon with her book, The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual. Uh, J.J. Virgin with her book, The Virgin Diet. If you go and attack, if you can only have one choice, you attack the diet full bore, oh my lord. You will see changes that you never thought possible. And let me tell you something else. All my bodybuilder friends that compete will tell you that 80% of their success is based on their diet. is that amazing? Yeah, they work out really hard, but they all say the same thing. Diet is everything. one 800 two five five one eight hundred five four eight eight two five five so that either makes you feel good or not good I'm not sure but that's the truth <laughs> um, my wife wants us to go to counseling as our marriage is bad uh, we've had no sex for a year uh, there's no dates how do you find a good counselor or a coach oh, wow great question number one referrals. Ask around at work. Ask your friends, you know, whoever you can be, uh, open with, honest, vulnerable with. Ask them for referrals. Number one thing is referrals. Um number 2 interview them you know call up people all of us do some type of 15 minute half an hour free sessions in order to see if it's a good match so interview them call people and say hey listen I'd like to talk to you for 15 20 minutes uh, my wife and I need to get into counseling and I want to see what you do what you believe in all that kind of stuff look at their websites for referrals you know look at I mean every really good counselor or coach has a website And most people should have referrals and comments about marriages they've helped to save in this case. And then last, do trial sessions. Go, you know, we'd like to come in and do two. I wouldn't do one. I I would always say do at least two sessions. Do it on a trial and then decide if you want to stay with that person. But that would be my best bet. And thank you for writing because for all the people that are struggling in your marriage and you didn't write in today but you're listening right now, really act on it, okay? Okay. There are a lot of people in my position that would love to help you and get you back on track, and it is possible. Amen. 1-800-548-8255. Uh, I just became a certified as a life coach. Good for you. Congratulations. Uh, I know you've done this a long time. Yes, I have. Do you believe phone sessions with clients are equally effective as in person? Do you know that when, when I first started as a life coach, we did about 80% of our sessions on the phone, about 80%. Now it's probably about 60-40. But uh, in, in 1990, we started out almost everything was even people that lived in town. We didn't have offices. We did everything on the phone. So, yes, they're equally effective. And as a, as a matter of fact, sometimes they're even more effective because the person doesn't have to worry about the coach, unless you're doing Skype, um, staring at them. Sometimes the phone offers a safety net where they'll be even more vulnerable, and they'll talk about things that are a little scarier to share because they're not in front of you. So there can even be some advantages. Uh, oh, this is a big one. I've struggled with an opiate addiction to roxycodone. Uh, roxycodone is pain medication for two years. I'm a successful business owner. Uh, the prices for these pills off the street are so high that I switched to heroin, which I snort. How do I get out of this hell? My girlfriend has no idea, so I cannot ask her for support. What a heavy question. First of all, I mentioned addiction just a little while ago. We're not going to do it on our own. I would look for a Narcotics Anonymous group in your area uh, online, Narcotics Anonymous online, Narcotics Anonymous groups that meet at churches and other such places. Absolutely, number one. Uh, number two, work with a professional one-on-one Uh, Oh, my God. Study online the side effects, the withdrawal, the recovery program. Study it. Get to know your drug of choice, which is now heroin. And I'll tell you what, because of the high prices of Oxycontin and Roxycodone and some of the other uh, pain meds that people used to be able to buy from these pill mills even just up to a year ago, a lot of people have switched over to heroin. And unfortunately, in the United States, heroin has become purer. And they're creating an amazing heroin addict base again, just like in the '60s and '70s. And the withdrawal from it's nasty. From any opiate, the withdrawal is nasty, absolutely nasty. But get to know the the side effects. Get to know the recovery options online. You can find so much. And then you said that um, you know your girlfriend doesn't know. She has no idea. Uh, trust me, um, she knows something's up. She knows something's off. You cannot be a pain pill addict and a heroin addict, which is the same thing, opiate addiction. You can't have that without people around you going, wow, he's acting a little different. She might be afraid to confront you. Maybe she has her own addictions. Maybe she's using food or alcohol as a way to to go stay in denial, but she knows something up. Man, please get help fast. The, the, the one thing that we want to continue to reiterate, you know, people from all over the world have recovered from food addictions, low self-esteem, gossip, negative thinking, no money their whole life. They've recovered for good. You can, too. The fact that you're listening to the show says you're open to learning, to growing. Now we need to put all of this information into action in order to radically change your life. I'm in your corner. Next week, next Saturday, another huge lineup of guests. Your questions will answer on the air, and you can talk to me as well. Email us at talkdavid.com during the week, and I cannot wait. Let's turn it around. We'll do it together. I'm David Essel. Have an awesome week.